Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bush and Ritchie Daily Takeaway. Uh, we like to say hello. You'll note if you're a regular listener, we like to say goodbye at the end of the podcast we as do. well. Kind of bookending uh, either end uh, of this edition of the podcast. I, I, I would like to share with people, if it's all right with you, how you managed to bookend our meeting uh, with our boss oh. earlier today. <laughs> which oh, yeah. was absolutely brilliant. I'm so right? sorry. It was so good, right? Um, the meeting was due to start at two o'clock, and it did start. At around about two minutes past two, everyone else ready, <laughs> but, but Bush flying downstairs to greet a gentleman that had come to repair his Brompton. That's fine. It's come to fix me Brompton. We were all cool with it. Um... You sped back up, you uh-huh. know, consciously knowing the meeting was due to start at two, and we all sat down, had the meeting. <laughs> and then about 2.35, he gets up from his chair, he goes, guys, I'm really sorry, I'm going to have to go and re- pay the bike repairman. And that ended the meeting. I've never seen a meeting bookended by a bicycle repair. <laughs> do you know what, though? I, I was thinking as I left, that was great. I didn't have to do any small talk. It's great. Do you know what I mean? And I'm going to use that now. I'm going to use that as code for getting out of meetings in the future. Sorry, I've got to go. My bike's being fixed. We, we need to have some kind of plan going in and out of meetings. You know, like, back in the day, you know, we have no need for this now, but, like, speed dating or something or yeah. other, you're out with mates, a little code yes. to sort of get out of bad conversations. But it's even like, you know, when you've you've gone out with friends and then there's that bit at the end where, oh, you're going to have another drink or I kind of want to go, but I don't, I don't I don't want to be the first person to say, look, I'm going to knock it on the head and get going because I'm tired. Just pretend your bike's been fixed. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. And I got trapped getting off the train today. Got the shock of my life. Train pulled into Fenchurch Street Station from Leon C. And what I, what I always do, I just always wait for everyone to get off. A little bit like my parents used to wind me up when I was a kid. If you ever went on a rare family holiday on the plane, they'd wait for everyone to get off the plane before we got up. <laughs> it's just so infuriating. But I was watching the end of like a little board game instruction video, as I do, and I was the only one left on there. So I went to get off, and then the doors had been open for quite a while, so they did the bleeping thing, and they closed on my heel. <laughs> so I was trapped like a, like, a little, uh, like a little rabbit or something for ages, and I just thought... What happened? This is awful. This is absolutely awful. What if I get trapped here for ages? What if I turn into, you know, that Tom Hanks character who lives in the airport but yeah. lives at Fenchurch Street? <laughs> a lot less glamorous. Managed to wriggle free, but um, I don't feel, feel like I've, I've been quite the same since. I quite the start. <laughs> Ever got trapped in anything? Uh, ironically, on a train. Uh, I can remember when my, my older two... That's a dream two, for you, isn't it? Well, <laughs> it wasn't in this scenario. My older two were way younger. I think Charlie was about six. You know those sort of like... Tat magazines that you get with like plastic toys on the front. Kids always conning you to get them from news agents. Cost an arm and a leg. Awful things. We've been up to London. Uh, we were just coming back on the train, and uh, as we pulled into the train station, waiting for the train to pull in, the doors to open, and I was just holding on to sort of like the handrail in the vestibule. Charlie had got some like plastic handcuffs uh-huh. uh, off the front of the magazine, cuffed my hand to the rail. And I thought, that's fine, it's funny, because they're like three quid toy handcuffs. Went to take them off, wouldn't shift. Oh, my word. Would not shift. Kids, meanwhile, jumped out the train onto the platform. Because you've got no context then. If, context then, because if someone sees you, they think Nookie game gone wrong. <laughs> I'm also seeing the kids on the platform. I'm thinking the train doors are about to shut. I'm shouting to them, saying, "Go and tell the guards that your dad's handcuffed to a rail right now." They're having to oldest daughter going down the platform, saying, oh, "Come, no. my dad's handcuffed to a rail." Guard comes up, and he's looking, <laughs> thinking, <laughs> "What's going on?" Set me free very quickly, but I'm thinking. 
this train's going to head down in Portsmouth somewhere. They're marooned in Basingstoke, and I'm handcuffed all to you, the train. All you need is a Batman outfit, and you think Fathers of Justice are back in <laughs> back in action. Do you know what I mean? That's amazing. Well, there you go. It's the panic, isn't it, though? It's the panic oh. that... That's what I thought. What if the train goes back out again, and there I am, trapped? That's the thing. It's the panic that comes on within three seconds, and, and in all those short periods of time, you can come up with so many nightmare scenarios. I, I put it on Twitter earlier on, just asking if you've, if you've ever had a you know, part of your body trapped in anything, which I agree is asking for trouble. <laughs> it is. Uh, Natasha says, I've got my finger stuck in a basket and she adds my pharmacy friends will know what a mysterious message that is clarification on that please now absolute classic rocks chris martin our very own uh says finger on a ski lift that's almost like something morrissey song (laughs) (laughs) dumb and dumber it seems to sort of go back down back down the mountain without being able to get off well again like going back to your thing being stuck on a train me being stuck on a train it's the panic of then being trapped there for maybe an eternity yes having to explain it ending up in the local paper listen to this one this will make your eyes water holly is texted to say i rolled over my own toes with my office chair and got one wedged somehow. Ended up with a broken toe and the nurse is openly laughing when trying to explain how I did it. That's brutal. I can't imagine that even being possible. I'm going to take her word for it, but like you would have thought you'd have the reflexes as the moment that your yeah. toes feel a, a wheel coming towards and they'd move. Well, I, I backed into my own foot a couple of times with the office chairs around here, and it is, it's very painful. Playpen photography, I've tweeted to say, uh, I got trapped in my sofa bed. I slept inside a folded king-size quilt. During the night, I rolled too far towards the back edge of the bed, and it tipped with me inside the quilt. I was petrified. That's awful, isn't it? That's like something of a Mr Bean sketch. What a way to go. Uh, Poppy, tube of wet wipes, got her finger stuck. The lid had, uh, the lid had got a hole with prongs. Oh, so yeah. So the more I tried pulling my finger out, the more the prongs dug in. Gave my dad a good laugh, though. It's like a little lobster pot, isn't it? We've got Lee on the line. Lee, what did you get trapped? So, basically, I've got, like, a floor-standing fan in my bedroom, you know, just a normal fan that, that's got, like, a stand on the floor. And, you know, you've got the sort of cage over the, the things it's been. The cage over the so, blades. Yeah. So I basically had a shower... Came into my bedroom, took the towel off naked. Yeah. Um, I've actually got my nipples pierced. <laughs> <laughs> I bent down to the floor to pick something up, yeah. and my pierced nipple got caught in the cage of the fan. Um, and I went, I didn't realise, went to stand back up and literally saw stars. I thought I'd left my nipple on the fan. Oh! <laughs> nipple ring caught on the cage of a fan. That's the most unlikely accident I've ever heard oh, of in my entire life. Yeah, I'm the clumsiest person in the world. That could only happen to me. Please tell, <laughs> please tell us that the fan was not active. <laughs> no, my nipple was still attached to my body, luckily. That's good. Well, that's good news. How would you get yourself free from that, then? What a nightmare to go down to A&E. Yeah, so basically, I just when I pulled so hard to stand up, I was just standing up at normal speed. It just pulled itself out. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Surrender. That is the one to beat. That is the, the, the body part trapped in something uh, right now to beat. Lee, thank you so much. Take care of yourself. Stay out of trouble. Thank you. Hannah says, guys, I got my leg trapped between a ram's head and its curly horn, and it was going up a ramp and through the hole onto the stage at a showground. Now that's showbiz, she says. We're talking about getting your body parts stuck in certain things, and we've got uh, Louise on the line. Uh, Louise, what did you get trapped? I got my finger stuck in a ring in Pandora. Oh. What was the scenario then? Were you trying it on for ahead of like getting married or what? No, I actually worked there. I don't know whether that makes it better or worse. Are you allowed to have a go on the rings when no one's in? Well, we just used to try them on all the time. All right, so you're trying on all the rings in your ring shop and one's obviously got stuck on. (laughs) What happens next? The 
manager tries absolutely everything, butter, Vaseline, water, you name it, she tried it. She obviously didn't want to lose the money that it was going to cost to lose it. Um, but eventually I just had to go to a and and get it sawed off. Oh, Whoa. wow. So the final resort, because there's loads of different things online with like put your hand in a freezer and all that kind of stuff. But the actual only way of getting that ring off you was to actually get it sawn off in A&E. Yeah, 100%. We tried everything. Wow. wow. <laughs> Louise, n- n- knowing that you worked there, does that then get docked off next month's pay? Well, that's what I was dreading. I was trying to get it off so hard because it was a really expensive ring as well. And I was like, I am not paying for this. <laughs> um, but luckily, no. Bless you. And, and you, do you have a go on the rings now when no customers are in or you just leave it now? Luckily, I don't work there anymore. And I am engaged now, so I have a ring that fits. Yay! <laughs> Love a happy ending. That's brilliant. Well, good on you. Lovely to speak to you. You too. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been uh, brave enough to get in touch with the show and admit things that they've got body parts stuck in. Uh, we've got Kim on the line who wants to tell us a story. Kim, what did you get stuck in? A torpedo tube. You got stuck in a put- torpedo tube? Yep. Wow, that puts my uh, uh, accident <laughs> earlier on in Fenchurch Street Station train <laughs> to shame. Talk us through it. Tell us the story. Uh, on a submarine doing deep diving uh, checks, sent up the torpedo tube to check the bow cap uh, seal was good. Uh, water started pouring in, so they slammed the rear door behind me. Oh. And then the submarine did an emergency surface. Wow. wow. Did they fire you out at the end? No, no. I'd, uh, I came out and uh, let's just say grasped the guy in charge vigorously round the throat with both hands while shaking. Wow. That's a Netflix documentary right there, isn't it? <laughs> wow. The day I got trapped up that tube. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Wow, Kim. Do you still go on submarines? No, no. Been retired for years. I'd, I'd knock it on the head after <laughs> yeah, that one. I would have done straight after that one <laughs> incident. Cheers, Kim. I, I thought there would be big danger in us doing a, a phone-in about have you ever got a body part stuck in something. I think on the whole they've been well-behaved. They have behaved well. So, well done to you guys. We got you wrong. Uh, Joseph says, I once got my finger stuck in safety scissors whilst in a geography class, age 17, requiring the caretaker to cut them off. <laughs> we'll leave you with that. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, now, on the way in today, I was reading all the news like I do, trying to keep my finger on the pulse. Generally, I'm the kind of person that, uh, obviously, there's loads of rubbish stuff going on in the world right now and I, I would like to think I'm the kind of person that can kind of park it to one side uh-huh. and just read the news without getting too angry as I read but then I came across a story that really did fire me up. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's not Prince Harry again is it? It's, no no it's like I said it's none of the heavy <laughs> stories. Um, the Food Standards Agency have been talking about birthday cakes in the office uh, and have been talking about how it might not be a good idea anymore to take birthday cakes into the office because oh. it's tempting for other workers and we shouldn't do it anymore. Oh, that's a wind-up. <laughs> I'm thinking, no, 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 no. That's there's, a wind-up. There's so much rubbish going on. Please let us have cake in the office. I, I, if they're saying that it's incumbent on the person whose birthday it is to bring in cakes, then I'd happily back that campaign because that's ridiculous. <laughs> no, yeah. People have got to bring in cake for you because it's your... 
you're, Absolutely. you're the one getting treated, but no, I no, no. This not. this was more about tempting colleagues to eat cake when they're trying to behave. Now oh. look, I'm constantly trying to lose weight, and if if I haven't got the you know the restraint to not eat a piece of cake because I'm being good that week, then that's on me. It's not on everyone else ruining their birthday. They can't have yeah. a piece of cake. It's what it is weird, isn't it? My, I guess my point is there's a million other things I would ban from the workplace that do irritate me. The birthday cake. For example, uh, photo shrines around someone's desk. You're not, you're not away for three months, mate. Just doing nine to five. You don't need all your kids and your, your grandparents Actually, in photo form. Here's another one. Actually, on the subject of birthdays, the communal workplace birthday card. I find that horrendously pressurised. It's terrifying. I guess it? particularly in our line of work, there's an expectation that because you're a DJ, you might write something remotely funny. Yeah. Not at all. I've got absolutely <laughs> nothing to give in the birthday card. And what's even worse is if you're the last person to sign it and then there's no one to give it on to next. Oh, yeah. A blank card's even easier. It's like a little bomb thing you pass on, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say another one, uh, people with personalised mugs. <laughs> I, I've been using someone called Sandy's mug. I don't care. Sorry, Sandy. Just got your name on the front. Doesn't mean I'm not going to use it as an outlet. It's going to be a very, very easy list to complete. Think about your workday right now. Think about the office you've been in. Things that you would ban that become bu- that come before birthday cakes on the list. Go. Uh, Nick has got a good point. Says Bush and Richie, the number uh, one office no-no has to be fish meals microwaved in the communal <laughs> kitchen canteen. Do you remember? We don't know who it was. <laughs> Someone yeah. from a different radio station in this building was microwaving fish at the midway point of our show yeah. for an entire week. Yeah, I know. They must have got the message somehow because they've not done it since. We were getting so angry we nearly took the show off air. It was almost getting to the extent where we could not broadcast with this fishy smell percolating down here. Who does that? Who does that kind of thing? I mentioned about uh, communal birthday cards. Debbie says, I remember once my husband signed a card that was going around the office, said happy birthday, only to find out the person was ill in hospital. <gasps> it was a get well card. Oh my word. What are you banning from the workplace? Uh, Sharon's in York says, I once actually bought 150 donuts for my work colleagues. Wow. For my birthday, our workplace is on three levels. I put 50 donuts in each kitchen with a little note saying happy birthday to me. Is that all, is that normal? <laughs> I don't think that's normal. I don't think that quantity. All right, Kim Jong Un. It's normal. The weird thing is, I used to work with someone who would do this where um, he'd get cakes for the team, but then he wouldn't have anything himself. <laughs> I hate that. That's like a feeder. We're going to watch this get big. Uh, someone's texted here and it's absolutely on the money. Uh, they say, you've covered this before in the past on the show, but the Sports Direct mug. I used to work in recruitment, so I had to do client visits. Virtually every office had one, even industries unrelated to sports clothing. It's a mystery. Uh, we're asking you the things that uh, you would get rid of from the workplace before it got to birthday cakes, because that's just absurd. But you're, you're speechless, aren't you, Rachel? Absolutely outrageous. I mean, how else are we supposed to get through our office day if we've not got cake? Yeah, you take cake out of the yeah. equation, it's, uh, it hits your morale, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And if I was making a nice cup of tea, you've, you've got to have a nice bit of cake. Is there a go-to cake in your workplace that gets brought in? Oh, definitely angel slices. You can't take them away from people. We've, haven't we suffered no. enough over the past couple of years in what's this country? Gonna, what's going to happen to Colin the Caterpillar if this ruling comes in? Yeah, this is it. No. We, we were all saying in our office, if, if we've not got the willpower to resist, which we don't, then that's, that's our problem. I'm not going to stop bringing cake in. That's never. it. Personal responsibility. Absolutely, 100%. Birthday cakes could be gone from the office very soon. Uh, I think there's a million things that should go before that. James suggesting people that sign off emails with one initial. Oh, dear. Best R. 
Be- best in itself is a wind-up. Aston, what do you want gone? The uh, inconsistently sized staples. <laughs> You're our kind of man. <laughs> so you hate it when you go to into a box of staples and there's loads of small ones in there and then there's one or two really massive ones, inexplicably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and basically the, uh, the usage of the wrong type of staples, if you know what I mean. Like, so, for example, yeah. well, well, to, to, to dig up one of my work colleagues, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they tend to use smaller staples rather than the, the, the normal size staples that you'd know about. Okay, so what, they're doing A4, but they're using little tiny, tiny little borrower staples, which is the wrong one. Yeah, yeah, it's an absolute nightmare. Do you mind whereabouts on the uh, on the paper it is stapled, no matter what the size? It has to be in the left-hand corner, top left. <laughs> Otherwise, again, it just, it just becomes a problem. Some people have got no idea. We, uh, we, don't want to, we don't want to throw anyone under the bus here at Absolute Radio, but we've got someone who's a, who's a terrible stapler oh, in this company, isn't he? An awful stapler. Awful stapler. He's a lovely man, but cannot staple for his life. And he, and he will leave a, leave a stapled thing there, like he's done and dusted, and half the staple's off the page. <laughs> I feel like we've got, we've got the courage to speak about it now because you've blown the whistle first, do you know what I mean? No, exactly. Yeah, sometimes I think it's just out of spite we do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we will not be naming that person. <laughs> Rich in Huddersfield says, got to be Secret Santa. Oh. I'm loath to buy presents oh. for my family. Never mind a work colleague. The list could go on, uh, but we will draw a line under it there for now. Actually, one other one. Uh, on. People who don't say hello back to you when you say hello to them on the stairs. There's one guy in this place who does it to me every time. And I always say, I'm not saying hello to him. Then I politely say, hello, and then he doesn't say anything to me. And I get wound up again. Add that to the list. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. We've been looking forward to saying this. Welcome to Bridge Chat. Now, you may be wondering to yourself, why, why are the boys dedicating an hour of the show to just chat specifically about bridges? This has come to light because a guy phoned into the show, was it the beginning of the week? Mm. It all kind of blurs together, really. But he told us, very candidly, that he was absolutely petrified of the fourth bridge in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Didn't like being on it. It was too long. And weirdly enough, whenever we've mentioned bridges in and out on this show over the past couple of months, you guys seem to have got involved in it. So we thought, let's just try this. I mean, this might spectacularly fail, but we're going to dedicate an hour of the show specifically to bridge-based chats. So if you've got a favourite bridge or there's a bridge you don't like, like the fellow from earlier on in the week, get in touch. He struck a chord for me. Um, the Dartford Crossing on the M25 has become a real problem for me to, to the extent that my wife has banned me from driving over it. Wow. Because I just get so scared. Is it so you don't like the bridge, the big bridge bit? No, I don't it, like, no, I don't like the big bridge bit. It's, it's too steep. They've it's made like, that like too a, steep. You look, you look like you're driving into the sky. It's like an evil Knievel jump, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly you're at the top of it and you're on some helter-skelter down into Kent. And it's just, it's just horrendous. So I don't like that. But then, here's the weird thing, right? So I'm too scared to drive over one bridge. But then if I'm scanning the TV schedules and Channel 5 have got... Uh, Super Bridges of the World on at nine o'clock. Yeah. That's like catnip to me. I'll just watch it. But the, the, I mean, I'm not a massive... Well, neither of us are massive fans of flying, but I'm obsessed with flying programmes because yeah. I, like, I like, you know, the, the idea of hanging out in, a, in an airport but I don't have to get on a plane. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, Mike says, give my mate Terry a call. He loves a bridge. And it's a photo <laughs> of his mate Terry. He appears to take a photo of himself in front of every bridge that he's nearby on holiday. <laughs> I love Terry. We've not even spoke to him. What a legend he is. Will Pritchard says, Congress Avenue Bridge in Austin, Texas. Oh, that sounds like an exotic bridge. Well, he goes on. At sunset, hundreds of bats <laughs> fly out from underneath. I've travelled to Texas twice to watch this phenomenon. Bats are horrible, aren't they? <laughs> aren't they horrible? Yeah. Upside down, fur, hooks, and then like a webbed wing thing. 
Bats and goats, mate. Capture them on camera, they're not attractive. Uh, Andrew says, can you give a shout-out to the Menai Bridge? We'll, we'll do bridge shout-outs as well. <laughs> bridge shout-outs, this is great. Uh, Menai Bridge League in North Wales to Anglesey and tell the powers that be to get a move on, get it repaired and reopened. The awards are flying in for it already. Derek is in Lincoln, he's got a, a bridge fact for us. Says, I see. Uh, I grew up near the Humber Bridge in the Hull. Still think it's the best bridge anywhere. Here's the fact. Further apart at the top of the towers than at the bottom due to the curvature of the earth. Is it that big? Yeah. That's mad, that. Uh, Karen says there's a bridge over the M1 which features a massive bit of graffiti stating Helch. I'm obsessed with it. How did someone paint that? By abseiling, a bungee jump? What does Helch even mean? I believe Helch is a graffiti artist. Karen, he, he might be, has he got a few other ones out there? Is he helped? Uh, yeah, there's a big one over the M25, near the M40. There you go, Karen. Uh, Hartley says, whilst you're giving shout-outs, can you give a shout-out to the original and still the best, the Iron Bridge in Telford? Uh, Adam is waiting. How can you add to our bridge chat? Oh, God. I was literally... When it came up, I thought, I've just finished work. The last thing I want to hear is anything more about bridges. The last thing you want to hear is anything more about bridges. So you obviously do a line of work which makes you sick to death of bridges by the no, time you no, sit in your no, car. No, 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 of course not. It doesn't actually. It's quite interesting. No bridge is ever the same. So. What, what do you do, Adam? Do you, do you work on a toll booth or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I design bridges. So uh, oh. I, work in engineer, I work in an engineering office. I produce um, models and drawings. Uh, oh. Amazing. Well, let's let's start for the first one here. Then, uh, can you tell us a bridge that you've had a hand in designing, Adam? Uh, I can. Yeah, uh, you've just talked about the fourth bridge over in Scotland. Well, I um, added some of the reinforcement detailing for the Queen's Ferry crossing. Not the brand new one. The new one. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! Whoa. You're driving over there. Home time show listener Adam. He built that. He's, he's our very own Brunel, though. He's got the top hat. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. When uh, when they did the grand opening, I um, I got an invite. Amazing. Amazing. Walk over it. That's great. Adam, next question. If we were only able to visit one bridge in our life, what bridge should we visit? Oh. Fantasy Bridge. It, I mean, there's so many. Um, but one. I'd have to say the Golden Gate. Golden Gate. Listen to this. Comes on saying he's sick to death of bridges. Now he's singing like a canary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bridge chat underway on Home Time. You're loving it, which is so heartwarming to see. Uh, Shout-outs to bridges, facts about bridges, your bridge stories. Uh, Andy uh, putting forward the Keswick Bridge in Inverness on the A9. Oh, Here's yeah. another fact for you. First earthquake-proof bridge in Europe. Wow, what about that? Yes. I'd have that put on a plaque, and the direct opposite of that is Austin's emailed the show to talk about the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Used to be the Galloping Gertie, but collapsed after four months in 1940. Thank you to everyone who's got in touch with Bridge Chat this evening. It's been a barnstorming success. We trust our instincts, and we knew you guys would be up for it. it makes you think maybe, like, uh, is there, there more opportunities to talk about bridges, or maybe there's different subjects along this type of theme? Do you know what I mean? Next Wednesday, brace yourselves. Tunnel chat. Oh, I'd love that. Dart for tunnel, two for one. Oh, yeah, we'll do the other carriageway. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. Well, that's it. That's um, that's today's podcast, uh, the latest edition of the Hometime Daily Takeaway. We are aware that our boss does sometimes choose to listen... That's a good point. ...to the podcast uh, version of the show. Um, yeah... It's awkward, isn't it, really? It, I mean, we, it was a great meeting. It, it was, was one of, meeting. It was up there. In terms of our meetings, I think it's one of the best meetings. And I, I'm I'm annoyed I missed... What happened? What did I miss at the end, then? <laughs> Nothing <laughs> at all. You tanked it. Um, Paul, we should let you know right now. There was no bike. Sorry, Paul. <laughs>